On today's episode of Tell Me What You Know, we are diving into biohacking, the art and science of changing the environment around and inside of you so that you have full control over your own biology. We'll talk about different methods of biohacking from common to outright dangerous. We'll also walk through some steps beginners can do to start hacking their bodies today. Get ready to live forever. And then we're going back to our awkward teenage years when your voice cracks, hair appears in deep crevices, and your mother takes you to get braces. Why do we have crooked teeth? We don't give dogs and cats braces, yet their teeth are perfectly straight. These painful straighteners do a lot more than make you look good on Instagram. Speaking of which, why don't you go give us a follow there? Just search Tell Me What You Know. What is going on, everybody? Today is Wednesday, July 22nd, and this is episode 13, I believe, of season two of Tell Me What You Know. Uh... What's going on? What's happening? Sports are back this week. That's right. Actually back. Yeah, well, I think there's actually like a Wizards exhibition game today when we were recording this. And what baseball starts uh, on the Real 23rd. baseball. I think real baseball starts tomorrow, yeah. Nice. You got uh, Dr. Fauci throwing out the first pick at, uh, pitch of the Nats game. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You think he's going to zoom it in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's yeah. in shape. He's in shape, I think. Uh, they're playing those games, like, in their respective ballparks? I don't think so. I actually don't know. I think they're all... I haven't even looked into it. I think they're playing only against their division. And, like, so, like, like the, the Nats would play only against NL East and AL East teams, I believe. But I don't okay. know where all they are playing. So, games. oh, weird. So they're not they going out west. Well, like, the yeah, the NL West will play the AL West. Right, right. They'll play each team in their division and the American League team and vice versa. I believe that's huh. what's happening, but don't don't quote me on it. That's interesting. I gotta I gotta get I gotta get my uh, fantasy team ready. I don't even think about like fantasy leagues and I guess like people are gonna be gambling on these games and everything. Oh yeah. With all the money that they've saved up not gambling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. What else is anything you got what else is going on? Uh it's hot as crap. It is so hot. So, yeah. so hot. Uh, Mayor Bowser in D.C., I guess, is now making masks mandatory everywhere. Oh, right on. Um, I mean, like, even walking around, like, outside your house. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, but okay. Just had to say that. Um, we can move on. <laughs> what, if you're going, what if you're going for a jog? A- again, still, the dumbest thing. That's not how... It gets passed, but okay. Yeah. Um, that's another argument, but it is what it is. Well, we know where you stand on that now. Yeah. I, I, believe me, I'm all for masks, but yeah. show me the study that says that as you get passed by a jogger, <laughs> that's how you get COVID. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, very well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. I tried to turn my head and cough there. That was a that was a water going on the wrong pipe cough. That was not a COVID cough. That I, I do love how every time people sneeze, cough, or anything now, they have to like clarify why. Yes. Yeah. Why it's I didn't happening. drink my water well, and that's why I coughed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You ready to get into today's topics? Let's do it. Okay. Well, this one you, you touched on this somewhat in one of your topics, uh, your hacking topic, but I wanted to go a bit deeper on it. So some of this is some repeat information. Uh, sorry, but you guys probably weren't paying attention anyway, so we'll go over it again. Michael, tell me what you know about biohacking. Well, uh, (laughs) 
from from the the research I did, I remember that they called themselves like grinders. For some Summer grinders, yeah. For some reason, uh, I guess you're like grinding through life and like figuring out ways to to make yourself incrementally better. Um, yeah, grinders view every piece of their body you, that you can you can better every single piece of your body with technology, basically. Okay. I, so, Not all biohackers are grinders. Okay. Um, all grinders are biohackers. <laughs> got it. Square rectangle thing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, let's start fresh on okay. on biohacking and and see where where you pick this up. Sure. So there's several definitions to it, uh, of course, but the one we'll kind of deal with mostly today is uh, is the attempt to manipulate one's brain or body in order to optimize performance uh, outside of the realm of traditional medicine. Now, I think there is some overlap between a lot of these things and traditional medicine, uh, like meditation and stuff like that. Uh, but basically, it's the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so that you have full control over your own biology. So some common examples of that would, would be something like meditation or intermittent fasting, uh, supplements, wearable devices. So like whoop the aura ring fitbits that kind of thing you're mm-hmm. you're a whoop man aren't you yeah i've been wearing a whoop for like going on two months and oh i think it's awesome yeah yeah i i i, I like the way it tracks every moment of your day and it just constantly tracks your it tracks a lot of things but mostly like your heart rate your heart rate variability which is interesting what does that uh, mean so your heart rate variability is like if you have an EKG of your heart, mm-hmm. it looks like every beat is about the same. Like it, in terms of uh, like every call it just to make it easy, like once every second, your heart beats once every second. And so the while you're going along, not every beat comes exactly one second after the, the previous. Yes. And there is some... The, the theory is is that you've your brain basically has like I forget what the exact scientific terms for it are, but it has a autonomous uh, autonomous activities that it's taken care of. Okay. And then it has your more like awake cognitive functions that it's that it's thinking about. Obviously, I'm using the scientific terms here. Yes. Um, but basically both of those things inside of your brain are struggling for call it like energy or focus. And so when you're really tired and worn out, your body might be spending more time on the autonomic functions it's trying to do, like Mm -hmm. keeping your body a a stable temperature, pumping your heart, all this stuff. And it makes, it makes doing the other things in your life a little bit harder. Like you'd have a harder time, um, maybe like learning a new skill or, uh, getting prepared to go something. for a, a fitness, yeah, getting to go on like a workout or something. Gotcha. And so um, when you're when you're um, really ready to take a high strain is like the way Whoop phrases it. Uh, your your body will have a higher heart rate variability score, so your heart will will beat at more random uh, intervals. Okay, uh, but if you're if you have a lower heart rate variability, uh, you're going to be more worn out and your body's going to be trying to like restore more functions so that you can become more dynamic, I guess. So that's that's like the 
overarching theory around uh, heart rate variability. Well, those were some common examples before that uh, whoop advertisement. Uh, those were common yeah. examples of biohacking. Is there are some practices that are more out there? Uh, cryotherapy, uh, so neurofeedback, like training yourself to regulate your brain waves. Uh, inf- red or near infrared saunas. Apparently, these are supposed to help you alleviate stress from electromagnetic transmissions. You have uh, sensory deprivation tanks. And then, like you said earlier, grinders, they implant devices like computer chips into their bodies, allowing them to open doors without a fob, for example, or something more, I mean, that's pretty, you know, tame, tame, I guess, but also uh, control glucose levels. Hmm. Um, So have you done any of that? I've I've done a cryotherapy session once. No, Uh, no, I've never done anything like that before. It was interesting. I mean, I, I didn't really think, I don't know that if I got a ton of benefit out of it, I got sick like right afterward, like, like a, had a bad cold hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if it was from that or if I just caught a, uh, you know, a virus or something. Yeah. Huh. Um, but got put into one of those, you know, cryotherapy tanks, I guess is what you call it. And sat in there for 15 minutes or whatever, where you're just in your underwear and like have gloves and like socks on. Uh huh. It was what, interesting. What was the, uh, like what brought on doing that? Uh, a person that I know had just opened a spa like that and asked if I wanted to do it. <laughs> it was, I wasn't going for any kind of uh, therapeutic purposes or anything like that. Okay. So it wasn't I like you had yes. some ailment and then you were like, you could judge the, the results based Correct. on Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. So it probably wasn't for me. I just did it anyway. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. So you might be asking yourself, why biohack? What's the purpose of somebody? Like, what, what's, what is the desire uh, and so I, I, biohackers would say the desire is to feel better and to live longer. And I think that's something that a majority of people crave, uh, but maybe not to the extent as some folks, I, I, from what I read, I kind of equate it to like tattoos as well, where they say like, once you get your first one, you want your second one. And so like, like you immediately are addicted to, to getting tattoos. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is the same with biohacking. It's like, okay, well, at least for the people that are most extreme about it, they're like, oh, well I'm improving this. Like what's stopping me now from just going all out and just seeing how I can really like just what's, what is my, my peak basically. Right. Um, some other folks, I guess they, they biohack to overcome illness. Um, others do it to see how strong or able they can, their, their bodies can be. Uh, and on another level, I saw, I saw that biohacking offers people, people something that they all want is a sense of community. Uh, hmm. so I would, I equated this to CrossFit and there has to be overlaps between CrossFit and biohacking. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, for sure. A, I mean, any. I would imagine movement. anything that you're uh, like tracking with a number and want to get better at, then like it kind of turns into, well, I got to focus on my body to improve that score. So like whether that's pull-ups or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, is it safe? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, depends on the extremes you take it to, I think, right? But a lot of these practices are done without scientific backing or prolonged studies. Um, the Vox article I was reading said that most of these bio- biohacking activities fall into the proceed with caution category. So there may be there may be some benefits to some people, but the same activities could be harmful to others. There's just not enough research and and uh, and studies. Not not enough studies have been done to really get a a, a consensus on it. Right. Obviously, it makes makes tons of sense, of course. Um, 
We'll get into some dangerous types of biohacking. I guess uh, dangerous, like a super out there. So if you watch Silicon Valley and you remember Gavin Belson, he was doing some blood transfusions. Where yeah. Basically, you take, you're paying younger people with younger blood uh, <laughs> to give it to you, and then you inject it into your body, and you hope that it will fight off aging or help lower, lower the risk for certain diseases. Um, definitely... I mean, I don't. I, there's no way this could have been studied that much already, but I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it'd be pretty, pretty it's, risky. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, and maybe it could work. Yeah, I mean, if these things are like they haven't been studied by scientists or the FDA or whatever, then I would imagine the person that's that's actually conducting the transfusion is probably. I mean, maybe they're licensed, but it seems like kind of shady anyway, right? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's. Um, kind of a new thing but like fecal transplants it's kind of like a similar idea like you yeah, take that was the next one on my list yeah oh there you go yeah Tra- basically transferring poop from a healthy person into the gastro system of an unhealthy person uh of course not approved by the fda there have been cases of serious infection and death even from these i wouldn't uh i wouldn't recommend doing a fecal transplant and yeah then- well i think i think some doctors are doing that and like definitely curing some things but it it shouldn't be like that South Park episode where, uh, <laughs> I, once again, it comes back to South Park for us. But, right. uh, but yeah, we're like, they're trying to do it for like weight loss or something. Like, oh, yeah. you've got the good poop. And... You have the good, what are microbes in your, in your yeah. caps. I yeah. Me. <laughs> right. um, and then DNA editing. I think we talked about CRISPR on here at one point, didn't we? Um, yeah. I can't remember what topic it fell under. But essentially, you know, it's you can, I guess, train your cells or even create new cells to be completely immune to certain diseases. They they don't have the receptors to bring in certain viruses or diseases. I think. Oh yeah, I think I think they're that's like the holy grail of this. Yeah, like, and I mean, I think this is worrisome only because it's very new technology. But it, it CRISPR seems pretty promising. I think it has a lot of actual uh, backing. So. Yeah, and I think it it sort of. Um, is a pretty broad term. Like, yes, I think it goes for like people trying to clone like a sheep all the way to like, like choosing what your child is going to look like. Yeah. Or even maybe just choosing the gender um, right. or something like that. Yeah. Um, so one other, we, we talk people want to better their lives, but they also want to extend their lives. Right. I think we talked about this a little bit before. There's a there's a gerontologist named Aubrey de Grey who says that people will be able to live to a thousand years old, and that the first person to live to that age has already been born. Um, I, that sounds crazy to me, but I think there have been a lot of studies and papers, and I think one, uh, one doctor was saying, uh, or one one researcher was saying that it, it just depends on where people, where the government, I guess, wants to throw its money, right? Yeah. So if you want to start backing these studies, there's definitely promise there. Um, but that that gerontologist, Aubrey de Grey, has a company, has a nonprofit, and Peter Thiel has invested tons of money into it, and their whole aim is to make 90 the new 50 by 2030. So a lot of numbers there. But, uh, I mean, I'm 18 years away from being 50 and 20 years away from 20 from – oh, no, only 10 years away. From, yeah, so it's perfect. Let's do that. In 10 years, let's make 90 the new 50 so that when I'm 50 in 18 years, I'll be a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you give me some biohacking to make my math better as well. Well, wouldn't that be weird if you were like, you know, hanging out with your old 
fogey friends, but you're like a spry, uh, like 30 year old, but you're in like a 60 year old's body. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it is that like the, you live longer, but you feel younger. Right. So it's right, not just that right. like, you're not, you're well, not isn't gonna... that, and that's kind of what people like, like, have you ever thought about how old you want to live to? Yeah. And it's always been like, uh, if I make it to 80, that seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so well, the way but science it, is advancing, me, I, like... <laughs> I want to live until I'm not ha- like, I'm not, not happy anymore. Right. Exactly. Or right. Or right before that point. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the, the driving force. It's like, if you're still having fun and like, you're still hanging out with people, then yeah, sure. I'll kick it, kick it down the, the road a few more years. But like, if all my friends are dead and yeah. I'm not hanging out with anybody. Like, what's the point right. in being, uh, you know, feeling good? <laughs> show, show up to the skate park when, when you're 95. <laughs> yeah. Hang out with all the kids. Exactly. Um, uh, one noted biohacker that I kept coming across was David Asprey. Asprey, A-S-P-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, he's created a supplement company called Bulletproof. And he had a beginner's guide to biohacking on the website. Uh, on his website, uh, I, I read a, a a bit of a, another article on the Bulletproof Diet that told me to take it with a grain of salt, that it was kind of cherry-picked research and research done on very specific subpopulations. And, you know, that diet research on animals doesn't really equate to humans and all that kind of stuff. But I decided to read his beginner's guide anyway. And it was a ride because it starts off with saying, you know, pretty – pretty like obvious stuff like your posture is key you need to spend 10 minutes foam rolling each day you need to maintain a neutral spine position being sedentary is a death sentence all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and he says you know eat the right nutrition which he says is a lot of veggies coated in grass-fed butter and grass-fed beef not coated grass-fed beef but also grass-fed beef uh pastured eggs low mercury fish and to kind of t- you know really watch your starch and fruit intake and to kind of cook lightly, if at all. No sugar. That's basically the diet he wants you to be on. Hmm. Another one, but he starts getting into it. He wants you to rewild yourself with nature. So eat living wild foods. Uh, drink unprocessed spring, spring water. Get sunlight. Breathe air from nature. Like Go outside. And at this point, it got kind of hard to follow. The numbers just got completely out of order. It looked like a total stream of consciousness activity, which maybe <laughs> it was. Uh, but he talks briefly about meditation and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. And uh, by uncomfortable situations, he said anything from doing like a Spartan race to becoming homeless. <laughs> uh, talked about you know how music can train can change your brain for the better, and then something called he called hack flow. Uh, I guess the flow state, which I know that if it wasn't on the podcast, you've talked to me about this uh, outside of the podcast before, but where you, you know, you work hard on something and then completely disconnect. And if you're in this flow state, when you return later, you're likely to experience the the flow and get back into it is how I understood it. But maybe, you know, it a little better than I do. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of like, it's like that. I think people refer to it as like being in the zone and, yeah. you know, time passes faster or slower. Um, like it's kind of like you're outside of, of time for, for a period of time. Um, and yeah, you just feel like everything you do is just like perfect. I, I, like I heard people, I've heard it's, it expressed that you're like four times as productive in this state. So like if you had, if you had to work five days a week, if you, if you had one day of being in a flow state, that that was like basically a week's worth of work. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. That makes sense. Um, anyway, that was, that was, uh, Dave Asprey's beginner's guide. Uh, the one that, so I, I also, the last thing I looked up was just Tony Robbins has some ideas for biohacking as well. And he kind of broke it down into different areas that you can hack. So like to hack your health, he suggests red light therapy, which we talked about, uh, you know, the red or near infrared spas, um, because your body responds well to, to the red or near infrared wavelengths. It can re- relieve pain, reduce inflammation, restore function. Uh, for, you know, hacking your, biohacking your bones, there's a company called OsteoStrong, uh, which is a solution to declining bone density. I didn't know this, but apparently starting in your mid-30s is like the, f- from it's basically you're over the hill essentially in terms of bone density, mm-hmm. whereas before your bones were becoming denser becoming more dense than they were, uh, I guess, losing density each year. And that you've kind of make that turn in your mid thirties where you start, where you're netting a negative density each year. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah. That makes basically, sense. Yeah. So essentially this osteo strong is a, is a system that supplements exercise and helps customers increase their bone density. Hmm. It seems probably to have some money for that, uh, for diet. You know, he talks about intermittent fasting, it's, it says that research shows it's not just what we eat, but when we eat, that can make a big difference. Um, he talks a little bit about your brain, hacking your brain a bit with functional music, uh, which kind of goes back to the binaural beats thing we talked about last week. It can help put you in a meditative state. Yeah. Uh, and then you're hacking your mindset. So gratitude was a big thing for them. Uh, refocusing your brain to see the positive in every situation. So keep a gratitude journal, take a gratitude walk, write a weekly letter of gratitude, begin your day with some sort of ritual. Um, and then finally to hack your body functions, he just suggests supplements. So I'm guessing that's where they sell you shit. (laughs) Well, so it brings up an interesting question of when do you think biohacking begins versus like oh i'm on a diet or you know yeah, i'm just it's a total blurred line for me yeah yeah i I'm, for me i think it kind of begins with you're like i guess trying to use technology or something outside of the bounds of of like what your body can do to me i don't, I don't know yeah yeah and i also saw that there's some uh organizations that are looking at biohacking not as like what you can do to your body but you know doing these experiments on yeast or something like that in order to, to create a bio biofuel or some kind of you know uh, perishable plat or whatever like a disposable plastic type thing so something to help better the environment not just not just like the human body as well oh okay this is pretty interesting yeah that's pretty interesting yeah i guess that's 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 pretty much the what I've learned about biohacking so far. Um, if you if you could focus on one one of these um, hacks, which yeah. one would you which one would you want to focus on? Well, I've this the whole like putting a key fob in your hand uh-huh. to get you into like I just feel like if anything's electronic, it can just be hacked. Yeah, and like somebody can break into it. I mean, I know somebody can just bust, like bust down a door as well, but that would be a lot louder than just being able to like sneakily hack my door or something. I don't know if I want like an electronic key door. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know what you mean. I mean, it's certainly not implanted inside of my hand. Yeah, I'll, I'll just hold the. I'll just hold it. I don't know. I'd probably do. Uh, I'd probably hack my. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> hack my hack my mindset. Be more grateful. See the see the positive in every situation. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go for. 
Yeah, I think I think if I could hack the flow state stuff, that that's like a very addicting um, or addictive uh, mental state. You know, if you can ever get in that, like, yeah, that's a it's a fun, fun place to be. I think I would like to focus more on like figuring out ways to get back into into that kind of vibe. We should try some of this stuff. Yeah. So need the beginner's guide. Michael, one thing I learned this week and, you know, with it so hot, I feel like I'm just like trying to drink more water and it made me question is warm water or cold water better? And Uh I learned is that it depends. Okay. Uh, So warm water helps with digestion and aids with like other things like constipation, (laughs) probably (laughs) gets you a little bit more hydrated quicker. But cold water will help you cool down and it will help you lose weight. Um, In fact, like drinking cold water will shrink your capillaries and your body will have to kind of like use that energy to to heat back up and heat that water. So um, that's basically what the the way you should think about it. If you need to hydrate very quickly, drink warm or uh, room temperature. Yep. And if you're trying to cool down or maybe you want to, you know, lose some weight or something, drink some cold water. (laughs) I got a new diet. Yeah, cold water. You drink a ton of cold water. <laughs> very nice. One thing I learned this week, and this goes very much hand in hand with my topic today, but the, I learned that Elon, your, your guy, Elon Musk startup Neuralink, is working mm-hmm. on a brain-computer interface that will allow people to stream music directly into their brains. Oh, so you wouldn't even have to listen to it? It's just no, straight to no, you? Yeah, I wouldn't even need these AirPods anymore. I just have a chip in my brain. Oh, that's crazy. We're, we're about to all be cyborgs, which is, I actually think is a good thing because we're going to need all the help we can get to defeat the robot uprising. But uh, and that was kind of a joke, but also I, I read that the ultimate aim of, of Neuralink is to allow humans to compete with advanced artificial intelligence. So, Yeah. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, I've heard Elon put it that he thinks that AI will, will be like like the way uh, the way you look at a house cat or a dog. Hmm. That's the way computers will look at us. So if you want to be able to communicate with them, and not yeah. be a house cat. Uh, we need Neuralink. Oh, who? Who? I was talking to somebody. This is just in, in terms of advancement of technology. I was talking to somebody this past weekend at the golf course, and I can't remember who he was talking about that came to speak at his company. But he, he asked the like the the company said, "How many of you have kids?" And about half of them raised their hand. He's like, "How many of you have kids under the age of four? Maybe like a quarter of them put their hands down." And the guy goes, uh, "You know, your kids will never drive a car." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I don't know if I believe that, but it's pretty nuts that there's people that are saying that for sure. Michael, I'm sure you had these. I had them, um, but they, I don't know. I, I have like a big gap in my teeth now, but like I don't, mm. um, I had, I didn't have it for a long time. Now, and then I had it kind of like my mom has it too. I think it's like a, a hereditary thing. But Michael, tell me what you know about braces. <laughs> I did have them. I actually, uh, I had them and I had this scam called pre-braces. What are pre-braces? <laughs> I didn't learn about that. Uh, it was basically like braces before you actually get braces, but it's just on my top teeth. I think it was because I, I don't know, actually, I had a, a cleft lip, so I'm not sure if there was like something they needed to do beforehand to set it up for the braces. It seemed like it was just a way for us to spend more money. Yeah. But it was just on like the top teeth and I think just the four front teeth as well. I can't really remember. Huh. But I did have braces and I had them for, oh man, at least like two or three years. I had them for a long time. I think the standard time is like about two years. Okay. For, 
maybe like it seems like a long months, time 18 to 24 months i think i got them i got them off early though uh, or like in terms of I, I i was i got them off in eighth grade which i feel like some people had them in high school yeah for yeah, sure right yeah okay. i got mine off in eighth grade too i think or seventh grade yeah maybe seventh yeah and then I never wore my retainer. My teeth, my bottom teeth have definitely moved a bit, but my top ones seem to still be in line. Yeah, have you had your wisdom teeth out? I have. I only had to have two out. Do you, um, do you have two other ones still in there, I guess? I guess, or maybe I just didn't have them. I don't think you necessarily have all four, right? Uh, I don't know about that, actually. Um, but it, it kind of brings me, this sort of brings me to my first point around, around braces. It's just sort of like, why are humans teeth crooked and like what problems does that create because like well no so like what what i found interesting in this breathing book was that in the wild and even like if you go look at animals of like any other type right so like even if you look at like your house um like your dog or your cat like domesticated animals Mm -hmm. um they all have perfectly straight teeth and our ancestors actually had like perfectly straight teeth as well. Like early, um, early homo sapiens did. Um, and that like crooked teeth is actually like the way that we've evolved. And it's kind of like, a, uh, it's not, it's not an evolution in a good way. It's actually like an evolution in a bad way. Hmm. And this is something I was kind of, I was kind of taken aback to find out like, like through our innovations, have we kind of messed up our mouths? Have you have you known any of this? No, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, so I like, assume they all had like janky teeth, right? It's from like, the beginning, right? We would kind of like we'd always thought like, oh, the, the, if you're like a, the savages have bad teeth and like we've got good teeth because we mm-hmm. have braces and we fix it. It's like no, like it's actually kind of the opposite that we've kind of made things easier for ourselves through technology and our mouths haven't really like caught up with it. And this is where like our mouth and like our, basically our whole face (laughs) has uh, like kind of creates problems for ourselves. So um, around, it kind of started that they think is about 12,000 years ago with like the invention of agriculture. Mm. And so a lot more people are eating like softer and more processed foods around then. And they're having to chew less and taking a lot of strain off of their off of their mouth, essentially. And so, what this ha- what what's happened with this is that the, the, our skulls, like our jaws, have actually shortened. But okay. we have the same number of teeth in our jaw, and uh, so this has created this like overcrowding issue, um, and and that is what creates crooked teeth, and then the crooked teeth kind of creates. Um, like harder to clean teeth, like, right. and because we're eat, we're not eating harder foods, we're we're not like naturally cleaning them. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of all these kind of like one thing changed, and then kind of domino effect, uh, a bunch of things changed. So huh. this also has a lot of problems with uh, a lot of breathing problems. Uh, you have like less volume in your mouth or like in your whole like uh, cavity. Uh, mm-hmm. This creates sleep apnea, asthma. Um, other cavities, loss of teeth, infections, all this different stuff. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, 
we have records of braces that go all the way back to a thousand BC. Um, the Egypt, yeah, the Egyptians. We found um, kind of <laughs> bring up another one of my topics, like the ancient ancient Egyptians. Yeah, we found mummies that that seem to have like wires or something on their teeth, like very mm-hmm. primitive braces. Okay. Um, and even Aristotle, I think, has has had like either writings about this, but not necessarily like. You know, it's kind of like, oh, maybe we, somebody found a writing that mentioned this, but it's kind of in, in passing. Right. Um, it wasn't until 1757 that a French orthodontist created a device called a banjo, which was like kind of like a mouth guard. And this was sort of like the, the earliest invention of, of braces. And then um, in 1819, uh, there was another French guy named Christophe Francois de la Barre created the first modern pair of braces that used wires. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until the 1900s that people really started using the term braces and the invention really started to get worked on. So like okay. through World War One and through World War Two, there was a lot of advancements. Um, it obviously was very like crude and probably was a really shitty experience. Um, yeah. Like metal wires. They, they had like Ugh. metal wires around each tooth because they didn't have like proper binding ability at that time, like the adhesion. Right, like the glue or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that didn't come until later. They used like real gold inside of your teeth, which I could only imagine kind of made you like mm. <laughs> a, a target for somebody to come. It's like making my mouth hurt just talk about this. Oh, yeah. The mouth is very sensitive, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It makes you a target. Somebody's going to come rob the braces out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. take a little bit of the gold. Oh, God. Um, and then in the 1970s is when there was like kind of a, a big, another big growth of invention with the advent of stainless steel uh, and dental adhesives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get to this a little later. I had a little fun fact section after this, but um, the, the, the type of wire that is used in braces was actually developed by NASA um, in the 50s as a metal alloy, like a nickel titanium is what it is. Yeah. Um, it has like a huh. ability to withstand high heat and very bendable. Um, so I guess us trying to go to the moon, you know, another offset of that was uh, braces. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it, not a lot had changed through the 70s until um, I'd say the next big invention was probably Invisalign. Um, yeah. And that was actually created by two like non-orthodontists or dentists at all. They were, there were two Stanford grads, um, Zia Chisti, Chisti, probably saying that wrong, and another woman named Kelsey Worth. And they invented Invisalign in 1997. And this was kind of, you know, to use uh, – the idea is to use like computer imaging to map out the mouth. And then they want to create like personalized retainers for each person. And then they, you know, they send you a new retainer uh, with some period of time um, kind of pushing your teeth into its place, which we'll kind of get to next and talk about like how they exactly work. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I think people like the Invisalign because there isn't like the stigma of wearing them, right? Like, I think that's yeah, exactly. probably the main, the main point. Right. Um, so yeah, the, the way they work isn't too complicated, but it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it for, they forcibly move teeth into an intended place. Seems easy enough. Right. But what isn't necessarily the... quite like 
quite known or kind of maybe isn't um, apparent to that is that what's what's actually going on is that your the pressure that you're applying on your tooth is actually intended to break down your 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 jawbone and your mm. body kind of responds to this uh, strain this pressure by by like basically eroding the jawbone to make to make room for where the the tooth is moving to so it actually like breaks down the calcium there and allows it to move into place it's not necessarily like you know changing anything with your your gums or anything it's it's actually like your jaw bone that needs to to change that kind of interesting it is i'm having a hard time like not holding my teeth right now yeah yeah so well it's like it's like oh we're, we're gonna put you into a mild level of strain for two years but like you'll slowly get used to it it's kind of weird right right, right. and then when um, you get them tightened it's like the week it's just you can't eat anything right Ugh. right so yeah, that week is when your body's like literally breaking down your jawbone. How crazy yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so, orthodontists have a, a bunch of like suite of tools that they use to do this, like to create space. Uh, sometimes, like there was for a, a period of time, the the belief that if we could remove a couple teeth and create more room, then we can move your teeth around. Obviously, that's kind of gone out of fashion. Um, but there is a bunch of weird like, tools that people create. They have like mi- different shaped jaws that need to be sort of like pushed open or constrained or narrowed. Um, some people have like an overbite or an underbite. So they need to change kind of how the jaw fits inside of the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I find so interesting about this is, is this is all based upon like basic like poor evolution. Because we decided yeah. to change our diet probably for the better in terms of like hey, we want more food and spend less time getting it and we can focus on, you know, innovating in other places. But right. it's pretty interesting that that all of this could have set off a huge health implication for for us in terms of also breathing, but but also just the way our teeth sit in our face. It's just kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Um, in fact, it's they actually think that babies who breastfeed longer – train their mouth and and almost um develop their mouths more that they actually have a lower likelihood of needing braces or maybe needing them for as long um because the the, the, the the sucking and the suction um like helps build up the mouth strength and like i don't know huh strengthens the cavity i guess <laughs> like yeah i don't know exactly the words to put it but like yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's, it's almost like, yeah, we should be chewing more gum or something because we're we're not right. chewing enough. Yeah. If you chewed more gum, you wouldn't have to floss as much. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe that's what the uh, the next marketing tactic is. Yeah. Um. So that's a lot of what I have on braces. I'm just going to end with like a couple of cool facts I, I found. Sure. Um, braces, as you can imagine, are really popular. Uh, Four million people in the United States have braces at any given moment, like any given time. Uh-huh. Obviously, braces aren't like falling off on their own, but like uh, <laughs> that's how many people are, you know, walking around with them. Right. And 25% of that four million, so a million people, are people over the age of 18. So it's not just like teenagers um, or preteens that, that have them. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if it's considered a, a, a luxury or like, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I would certainly say it's a luxury, but yeah. it, it 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 seems like one that would be pretty important when you can see kind of how many problems it can 
lead to. But yeah. like the average cost in I looked this up, like in Virginia, the average cost of braces is somewhere between four and eight thousand dollars. So I mean yeah. that's that's a lot of money. Um it's expensive. Yeah. And to end on the last uh all rectangle or all squares are rectangles, rectangles are not always squares. <laughs> all orthodontists are dentists. Not all dentists are orthodontists. A little. Yes, of not course. Sure. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I didn't realize that when I looked at it. But yeah, orthodontists literally <laughs> just uh, just focus on like the alignment of teeth and, and your jaw. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, that's, right. that's braces. And th- in some ways, braces are kind of a biohack. I mean. That's right. They, they, they pretty much are. They're like a, a well- a well-established biohack. Yes. When you just need to get braces that have some kind of microchip in them that allow you to, I don't know, like chew through steel or something. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Or like so they connect to some app that you can, uh, you know, you can see exactly how long it will take for your, for your teeth to come into place. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Good job. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Instagram at TMWYK underscore podcast and on Twitter at TMWYK pod. Have a great weekend and we'll see all you beautiful people for a new episode next Friday.